Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, whether you're catching the show live or in archive, uh, thanks for joining me today. Uh, a little bit, a minute or two about me, and then we'll kind of dive right into our uh, show. We're doing a 45-minute show, so it isn't a long show, but we should have some time to get through some uh, good information here. Uh, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional navigational consultant. Uh, my expertise is in astrology and numerology and tarot and runes and a number of other different types of oracles I've worked with for many years. Uh have been in practice since uh, 19, uh, 1995, yeah, so 20-something years uh, so far. Uh, and uh, I have a home office in Phoenix, but I do sessions uh, with people uh, via phone also and, and, uh, and FaceTime and, uh, of course, in office in my uh, home here in Phoenix. If you want any information about personal sessions, uh, please go to my website at jimventura.com, and you can get all that info there. Um, also, I am a writer, and uh, I write a monthly column called Snake Oil. Uh, if you're not already getting my column, email me at venturasage at yahoo.com to get added to the monthly mailer newsletter list. Uh, it is blind copied out, so uh, no one will ever get your email address from me. You won't get any sales stuff, uh, although my column is once a month, and sometimes I have promotions for discounts on sessions and books and things like that. So uh, anyway, can you com is the place to go for that info, and uh, we are going to uh, do a live column read, as we typically do toward the beginning of the month, and uh, then I'm going to subsequently discuss more about that particular column. Uh, I will not be taking live calls on today's show. Um, I do uh, occasionally do astrology update shows, and on those shows I, I do, toward the end of the show, take some live calls and, and do mini-reads on air. Uh, I only do a couple of shows a year. Uh, the reason I take live calls on today's show is because that's what people tend to ask for as opposed to just discussing the subject, which is what I kind of want to stay on so that everybody gains from that. Uh, anyway, so uh, this month's column was a new column. Uh, you know, interesting because it actually happened, uh, the, the, the brunt of it happened two years ago. It took me a little while to write it, which is, is pretty typical. Sometimes I have to cook on something for a long time. I may even have met, uh, mentioned this, some of this aspect to some clients or possibly on another radio show, but really was able to kind of get into some more detail about this subject. And I think, of course, the timing was absolutely perfect on, on this particular column. So uh, this month's Snake Oil November's uh, Snake Oil column is called Crisis of Faith. We all go through periods of doubt, fear, and brief or even long depressions. Some people experience this more often than others, but no one is immune to times of confusion and feeling lost. The huge market for antidepressants in this country is successful for a reason. Different temperaments, body chemistry, conflicting astrological elements or past trauma can greatly influence how strong and how long the whole these periods of fear and doubt can grip us. The current state of political insanity combined with the all kinds of natural and man-made disasters clearly has contributed and or springs from an increased state of fear, a feeling of lack of stability and safety. And many people are questioning their faith in the system and some are questioning the very order of life itself. 
Well, there have always been agnostics. It's not surprising that there are now more than ever. I think for many people who experience these doubts, it is an overwhelming response from seeing so many troubling things happening in the world. They begin to wonder, is there any good left in this world at all? Last year, I went to a visit a buddy of mine for a few hours of, of monthly backgammon playing. Uh, he was uh, typically sound asleep on the couch when I got there. His wife, who I'm also friends with, seized the opportunity and asked me to go for a walk with her. I knew she needed to talk. We walked through the neighborhood on a beautiful fall Sunday afternoon. Her struggle was she was beginning to think there was no God at all, and she was truly in a lot of emotional pain about it. Her crisis of faith was happening during the latter part of the 2016 presidential election. Her strong left-leaning political perspectives were bucking up against the possibility that Trump could win the presidency. She had lost her father a year before, even though her husband was thankfully in remission for six years now after a challenging bout with cancer. She struggled with that reality, that really difficult experience and the understandable fear of his cancer possibly returning. She had the common experience of some bad religion during her childhood, and there were many other things she was struggling with. It made sense to me that she might question whether there was a God at all when she, when she uncomfortably looked around at the world. Even though she was clearly upset and battling depression, as we strolled through the neighborhood, she engaged in a very chatty way with many different neighbors along the way. Most of them were people she'd never talked with before. She told one woman working outside on her front lawn how beautiful her garden flowers were. She asked one man where he purchased his front door because she loved it. She talked to a woman unloading packages about how much she adored her cobblestone driveway. She engaged cheerfully with about five different neighbors, so our short walk took over an hour. I was impressed by how friendly she was and began to think I should put more energy into being friendlier with people. She has a life goal of acceptance, uh, one of the more common of seven possible life goals we can all have. Its positive pole uh, is, uh, or expression is agape, or unconditional love. And its negative pole is ingratiation. I don't have this life goal, but my goal of flow allows me to slide to acceptance from time to time. Considering how depressed she was, she did a great job of staying in her positive pole that day. A few years ago, I was at the Biltmore Fashion Park with another Sagittarius friend. We showed around the different stores and fancy grounds with all the pretty people and decided to stop for ice cream. There's a group of five men and women already sitting and eating ice cream when we walked out of the store. A firefighter, two policemen, and two EMTs. She walked up to them and said, I really, really want to thank you for all your hard work, sacrifice, and what you do for us. They all responded bashfully with appreciation. You could clearly see how much it meant to them to hear this, this friend that day. It was not something I would have thought of doing, but I may follow her inspirational lead in the future. Both of my Sagittarius friends lit up people who really needed their words. They recognized how important it is to be kind and loving. They demonstrated how we can be extraordinary, even in the most ordinary of circumstances, if we choose to. They turned on some light in a world that lately seems to have far too many dark places. I told my friend, struggling with such palpable sadness, that her search for God and meaning was being expressed through her and by her actions that day. I'm not really sure if I helped my friend experience 
uh, experiencing her crisis of faith, but it felt really good to try. I am, after all, a soothsayer, and I've always been good at giving insight and inspiration. I reminded my friend in her period of doubt that there are hazards on the physical plane. We knew this when we signed up to come here in our lifetimes. While I truly believe there's more good in this world than bad, there are tests, catastrophes, and things that can seem extremely unjust and unfair. Understanding and accepting this reality and also wanting things to be better can coexist. I truly think my friend's crisis wasn't as much about a lack of faith in God, all that is, and really more of a struggle with a huge amount of personal hurt, fear, and the overwhelming amount of darkness she was seeing around her in the world. The eternal question of how can God allow this is not a new one. We often believe in the idea of God as a supreme being who is either supposed to protect us from all harm or is punishing us in some way when we experience difficulty in life tests. Even during her crisis of faith, my friend did something to combat some of the darker aspects of life when she engaged and complimented all of those neighbors last fall. My other friend did the same type of positive thing that day with the service people she encouraged. I am proud of my closest friends for a lot of reasons. Not naive. Being nice isn't going to cure all the problems in this world, but it is a push in the right direction. It is understandable and also okay to sometimes buck up against the darkness. That we can do our part to tilt things in the direction when we are willing to speak and take action to bring more love into this world. Okay, so that was uh, a column I wrote in October, so I stand corrected on the timing of that because uh, actually that walk was last fall, uh, I believe September or October, because uh, I know Donald Trump was running for president at that point. And uh, it was one of the many things my friend was having a stroke about uh, in that respect. Uh, now it's been a reality for a year, so we all have lived so far. And... Uh, you know, it was interesting when I was researching, you know, when I put my column together each month, you know, I, you know, I, I was actually an advertising art major in college, so like when it comes to making a website or, you know, doing a column promotion or something, I'm pretty handy with figuring out, you know, how to make things look pretty good. And so I was, you know, I was looking to, to publish my, my column, which I, which I do on, uh, on, um, on what, what the hell is it called, the Google um, blog blogger site, and uh, you know, I found a, an interesting picture. I was researching the idea of a crisis of faith, and the picture I found that I posted was actually a picture of Edith Bunker from the All in the Family show many, many years ago when, when she went through a crisis of faith. The image was just perfect. It was exactly what I was looking for. Very excited about that. Um, you know, same excitement creatively, uh, you know, as, in, as a, a writer when I come up with a great title or just a really great line or, you know, so same thing with finding the right picture to promote this idea of crisis of faith. You know, and the episode that it, it stemmed from, the All in the Family episode, was where um, Edith's friend, who was a, 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 not a transgender person back then, it was um, a cross-dresser, um, who, again, I don't really know whether he was gay or not or any of those other things, and uh, that is not a factor anyway with people who who cross-dress. Also, there's sometimes a gay, sometimes a straight. I mean, there's no specifics to that. Um, but anyway, I think the, her friend's name was Beverly LaSalle, and uh, she was killed in the episode. And Edith is typical of, of uh, you know, kind of a New York um, woman who's married, and, and she's very, she goes to church every week, and, and she wouldn't go. 
and she just, you know, was angry at God uh, in that respect for the loss of her friends and uh, cruelty in the world, especially when, when that probably came on air, which was probably 1974, 1975, and we're still stupid as can be now about subjects like that, but back then it was even stupider, you know, the way people would respond to it. In fact, you know, interestingly enough, I uh, it just the uh, same friend of mine, I went over to his house last week, and on uh, Saturday night, and he had a bonfire in his yard, and, you know, I just went over to have a drink and, and you know, and chat for a little bit. And um, his 13-year-old daughter was uh, in the backyard hanging out with a couple of friends. And I heard the, her two friends' voices, and it sounded like voice. And I had said to my buddy, I said, you know, who's your daughter, you know, hanging out with? He said, oh, it's two male friends. And he said, well, one of them's male. I said, the other one is non-binary, meaning, you know, someone that doesn't identify as male or female. Um, and... Uh, uh, that's the first time I ever, you know, encountered, you know, something like that up close. I mean, I've talked to drag queens, I've talked to transgender people, you know, someone in the past, I recall about that, you know, in my first book, way back in 2003, 2004, my first book, Seiko Volume 1, there's a piece called He, She, What the Hell Are You?, which is not what it sounds, it's a very positive piece about a transgender person I, I ran across, but, you know, in this day and age, um, you know, a lot of these kids, they are friends with with people that identify this way, and, and, it's, and it's beautiful in that respect. They don't care. It doesn't mean anything to them. I, I talk, you know, eventually those, the kids came over and they talked with us. They're typical 12, 13-year-olders who are trying to curse a lot to be cool. and you know. But the, um, the, the, the transgender person, for lack of for them getting the words correct, was a very articulate kid. Um, smart and, you know, a little self-deprecating, you know, typical of a 12, 13-year-older, and, uh, you know, was, was was very pleasant to chat with. So, you know, and, you know, and, and on, a, on a side note, I, <laughs> I, you know, I have to bring this up, and then we'll get back to this column idea. It's an interesting point, and something I probably will write about in, in more depth at, at some point in 2018. So, you know, I told that story when I went to my gym, and I told it to uh, three different people. And buddies of mine that I know from the gym that I talk to that I like in varying degrees of enlightenment and mostly not, but somewhat in some cases. And, you know, when one person, you know, someone interrupted us, I couldn't really finish the story. The other friend of mine kind of, he was 36, and he said, you know, it was kind of weird and interesting. Not much of a response to it, something he had not encountered, but he didn't have a negative response. Then, of course, there was a other friend of mine who, the moment I said that story about the non-binary child, and he said, oh, you know, this is the problem with parents nowadays. You know, parents are, um, you know, how can a parent even allow something like that? And he just he went down that, how should I say it so lovingly, idiot road, where as if this is a parental issue in, in that respect, that the parents did a bad job somehow, and ugh, this is, like I said, this is what, you know, uh, makes my head spin sometimes uh, <laughs> that this is the way people think. Hey, listen, this is the way this kid is. And, and yeah, there's a lot of debates about this. If someone wants to change gender, you know, I personally think they might have to realistically wait until they're 18, until they're an adult to make the decision, but if they want to dress a certain way or who cares, you know, give them some time with that. You know, a little questionable about whether someone does something about when someone is eight years old. But that being said, um, I don't know enough about the subject to comment on it in any real depth, and uh, I don't want to get letters or calls from 
transgender people being mad at me in that sense. But my, uh, you know, my point on that and, and his, you know, out idiotic reaction to it was, listen, they're not hurting anybody. This is just the wave of where things are in, in this day and age. And, and people being transgender in different contexts has always been something that's there. Uh, you know, there's just maybe more of it or, or more of it publicly, possibly. So it's an issue whether we're allowing it in that respect. It, it's just a, a shifting, change-forming society at one level or another. And, uh, you know, in other cultures, in Indian cultures and things like that, they had even a very specific role, often occupying role of shamans and things of that nature. You know, to a lesser extent, gays and lesbians often offered in those roles. And so, you know, this is... You know, he. It was interesting to ask about it because it did create that polarization of point of views that that people have, which I think is so uh, you know blatantly uh, notable in the world and, and a big part of of where um, you know there's still such a volatile energy that's ultimately going on. You know, where, whatever your political viewpoint is, whether you were a Donald Trump supporter, whether you weren't, or you know. Um, whether you like him, whether you hate him, all these other things. You know, in my opinion, Donald Trump is an outgrowth, a collective voice that has existed in society that is um, angry uh, with the structures and the, and the imbalances, and, but has a very heavy focus on anger. Um, and he was, I noticed this during the Obama years, in that sense, people who just despised Obama. And I always thought that was interesting to me because – even if you didn't agree with a lot of Obama's policies, he was very dignified, he was very graceful, he was very classy, he you know, he did occupy that position well. Again, even if there's things you don't agree with with, with choices that he made. I perfectly was perfectly happy with the good eighty percent of what he did. I don't expect ever to be hundred percent perfect, but that's my take on that. But uh you know, Trump is, is difficult. I you know, I, I think he's he's got a strong sense of humor, but he's he's kind of biting and, and, and difficult, and, uh, you know, I kind of look at him as that sort of my, you know, that, that rich uncle that we have who is a little bit um, racist but doesn't really know it in that sense, and is a little antagonistic and opinionated, and, you know, and, and so, you know, we elected him. It was like an experiment. Let's see what would happen if, if you know, if we all the people that if this is just a simple way it should be. It's all very cut and dry. Men are men, women are women. This is you know, uh, this is the rep of that at, at this point in the game. And you know, there's a lot of other influences to why this came into play. But it absolutely, again, no matter which side of it you stand, whether you're on you know that perspective on it, you see him as a good president, you like what he's doing just, you know, probably maybe 30, 35% of the population of the country uh, um, or, the, or the majority that don't, um, he is representing something, a voice that is, is very much alive, you know, in this world uh, that does have some valid points, although, again, to me, it's, you know, largely a very antagonistic one, you know, at one level or another, um, and so, yeah, the, you know, it, it's been a volatile couple of years. Um, in, in terms of just what, what this feels like energetically. You know, the in, other interesting part of this contribution to a crisis of faith that is ultimately surfacing for a lot of people isn't even necessarily just political. You know, we've had a lot of really tough things happen, you know, in the last year or two. A lot of the last year was the death of all kinds of famous people and celebrities and 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 
um, this year and, and even last year also. I mean, tremendous amount of shootings that seem endless, um, the catastrophes with hurricanes and earthquakes. And, you know, I mean, you, you have to be blind to not see that the earth itself is responding and that a lot of this volatile energy is erupting in people taking very violent, extreme actions. There was that shooting last week at a Texas church where 26 people were killed, including among them children. Um, I was in Vegas uh, two weeks after the Vegas shooting, and I can still feel a little bit of that palpable energy of hurt that was there. I wasn't there when it happened, you know. Uh, But um, so, yeah, there's the... You know, there is a stronger volatileness at one level or another. Absolutely. That's going to make people kind of question, you know, at, at, at one level or another. You know, never mind personal experiences that really are probably the bigger, you know, questions in, in that respect that people go through. But there's another aspect to consider all of this, which is, you know, I look at a lot of this backlash energetically you know, uh, again, I'm going to go a little political here for a minute also, but listen, the Republican Party is likely to get cremated in the, in the midterms, um, and, and the probability of Donald Trump uh, being reelected in 2020 is close to nil in terms of that happening. Um, you know, uh, right, you know there's, there's parts of me that are conservative in my thinking, but Republicans to me find to deal with the devil a lot of ways and brought a lot of the extreme religious right into the tent and anybody that would go into the tent in that sense, even the difficult people in that sense. And so there's going to be repercussions for that. We we already see this beginning to happen. Uh, Listen, and I can go off on elements of the Democratic Party too, trust me. But I got to do that. It's not a political show. I don't want to necessarily go there. There's always multiple sides to every situation. But that being said, when it comes to, you know, the religious right and evangelicals and and, and, you know, and I never want to simplify because there are, are, are religious people that are incredibly spiritual, giving, loving people, and then there are some that are, you know, horrible. And I've said the same thing about New Age people to some extent, too. You know, a lot of good people and enlightened people and working on growth and enlightenment and good human beings. And there's a lot of, you know, spiritual, arrogant kind of messes at one level or another. It's, it's a natural place that you'll have in, in any type of extreme on, on the right or the left in any area. But the practical reality of it is, is younger people are moving away from this extreme, hardcore, right-wing religious stuff. They're moving away from it in droves. So the reality is for the religious right and people that are on that, 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 that side of the fence is their numbers are dying over time. They're not bringing new people in to the mix. And, of course, they're bringing some in there's a general thumb, not in the numbers that they ultimately need. So we live in a shifting world in, in terms of, of, of what people believe, and we'll always have religion. And, and, again, some religion is really good, and some of it is difficult. But, listen, we you know all of this is changing. Um, you know, more people are, you know, back when I was younger, you know, uh, when I was a kid, uh, I said this in other shows, I've mentioned this before, when, when you were looking for a metaphysical book or a spiritual book, you had to go to the occult section in the bookstore. Do 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 do. You know, and uh, and uh, you know, and you little party would be like kind of looking over your shoulder. You know, depending on what you were looking at and whether what people might think. Because uh, I was a lot younger and I couldn't give a crap about that now. Plus, there's no, I don't think there is even an occult section anymore. It's in like psychology and everyday stuff, and right in the front 
Uh, that's for bookstores that even still exist, by the way. <laughs> a lot of stuff people are just ordering online anyway when it comes to books. But, um, you know, in this day and age, to not have some metaphysical awareness or knowledge is now kind of seen as a little bit suspect or a little bit odd. I mean, Oprah Winfrey often had metaphysical spiritual people on her show, and, you know, and, and you know, and, and you see this on, on morning shows all over the place, uh, in bookstores, and it's hard to get away from some element of self-improvement and self-help or, you know, so contrary to the idea the world is becoming a worse place, you know, some elements of it have improved in some respects. But, yeah, younger people are a completely different paradigm of thought process. And that's what I noticed when I talked to those 13-year-olds the other day. Again, things like racial stuff and, and transgender and, and sexuality, listen, these kids could care less about this subject, that most of them are, you know, identifying, even if they're not, as bisexual. That's going to be the norm in 10 years. Most people are going to identify as bisexual, and they may choose specifically made with a man or a woman, but they may still see themselves in that light. Listen, this is not that different to me than, than people in the 60s, men growing long hair, or women not shaving their armpits, or <laughs> their legs, or, you know, all these other things. This is something and goes through things that, that everyone, the you know, older people just cringe over and, and then, the, you know, the younger people like this is, you know, partly stems out of rebelliousness, partly also stems out of, uh, you know, out of dysfunctional reality where, you know, why are we doing this? This doesn't make sense to us in that respect. And, you know, I say this humorously, I, you know, the whole racism thing and all that other stuff, I never got any of it. And I'm 52. I'll be 53. Because I never get any of this. I, the way people thought that way, it was sort of struck struck me as really strange that people had those perceptions of hating their black neighbor or their the gay couple. Or it's just you know, difference is interesting to me. It always ultimately has been, and uh, so I'm very lucky that I didn't have that. But I'm um, an old soul. A little more common for older souls. We've been around the block and here a number of times, so some of it's sort of. Uh, collected knowledge, so I ain't going to put myself on a pedestal either in that sense. People are at different stages of development in terms of how they perceive things, but the bottom line is, you know, listen, the crisis of faith that, that people are going through, like with my friend, is, you know, husband had cancer, she was flipping out about that, Donald Trump could become president, and, and you know, losing her father, and going through all these things, and and having some questionable religious upbringing, um, but another level, there may be evangelicals going through crisis of faith, watching the numbers shrink in their churches, and you know, with a fear of what the world is coming to. And when they see a transgender person, they have a heart attack, and they think that God must be angry. And you know, people are experiencing this at at at, at multiple levels. You know, I you know, I've always said I'm not really a person who is very predisposed toward long-term depression. Um, I have gone through depressions uh, at times in my life, as, as most human beings have. And so even every month or two, sometimes you have a morning where I get up and I just want to go back to bed and I just feel sad and I just, you know, get, um, but you know, again, I'll get up. And when I, cat loves it, of course, when I go back to bed, it's a big thrill for the cat. It's like a dream come true for cats and dogs. If your cats sleep with you and your dogs do, I just have one cat. Um, but, um, they don't last very long for me. I, I make coffee and make myself breakfast and see something funny, and then I'm kind of over it in that sense. I'm, you know, uh, a typical Taurus rising person. I'm 
I'm, uh, you know, someone gives me cake and I'm happy uh, again. <laughs> but uh, even when I'm going through an existential crisis. But truth is this, I, I, I have gone through periods of, of real, you know, uh, depression, especially years ago during the economic um, crisis uh, in, in 2000, uh, late 2008, 2009, 2010. Um, you know, I've written about this before. I wrote a, a snake all years ago called uh, Little House on the Prairie, and I, you know, and I talked about, um, and I talked about that, the whole idea of going through extreme loss or difficulty. And yes, financially, I went through some really tough times uh, during that period. And I remember, you know, being, you know, not mad at God. You know, I like the term "all that is better than God." By the way, I, I remember just not understanding. You know, what did I do to deserve this? Why was I going through this? Um, I remember feeling um, uncared for in that sense. Uh, I So I, you know, but even during that, I, my practical self managed it and figured out how to maneuver through it. So it was sort of pockets of, of a depression that were going on when I was struggling with all the things that were connected with uh, going through a near bankruptcy back at that time. I never did do a bankruptcy, but near bankruptcy and, and a lot of other difficult things and having to go back and take a part-time job waiting tables again where I had long thought that I would have been done with that. And um, But, you know, I always sort of had this inner voice at the same time that was like, you know, you're going to figure this out. You're going to be okay. You will land on your feet. This will turn out in some ways to be beneficial for you. I always knew that at some deeper level, even when I struggled. I'm very lucky that way in, in that sense. And thankfully, I have angel cards and, and rune stones and, and other things that are just like constant reminders that you're, you know, you're in the swim of things, that there is a synchronicity, there is purpose uh, to that. And, and, you know, what I went through personally was what a lot of people were going through in, in this area of the country. Um, many were also not, but a hell of a lot of people were going through uh, financial uh, tests at one level. Another home values dropping, and uh, you know, huge decrease in jobs, and you know, and, and it, those were tough times. But you know, I was thinking, I've said this on other shows. This is my my uh, reiterated point. You know, I think the good thing about going through difficulty is when you get through it, if you cannot get pulled into phobia where you keep fearing it's going to happen again at one level or another, um, uh, which uh, just can be a cause for depression and, and making people fearful. Uh, the phobia, the post-traumatic stress disorder, when does this come around? If you're able to override that and not get pulled into that, you know, every time you go through something difficult and get through it, you do become more knowledgeable, and, and you can very humorously say you also become kind of a badass. I mean, every difficulty I've gone through in my life that I, I overcame um, makes me wiser and smarter, more confident and way better at making better choices. You know, not deluding myself that, you know, someone who's a, you know, the piece of garbage is going to suddenly magically turn into a good human being and, and do good in the world. And I see people more as they are. And not in a judgmental way. It's not, just people are what they are. But I, you know, I did that thing when I was younger too where I saw the best in people and, you know, and, and wanted to, wanted to help guide them and bring the best out in them. And then, you know, a lot of times was disappointed, you know, by by what ended up coming out of it. You know, unrequited love stuff and deluding yourself. Um, and even back before the financial stuff hit, you know, I, I had a habit of spending money I didn't have. 
Uh, that's what got me into credit card debt. Um, that was going to come anyway, so I can spend it now. And listen, having, after having gone through that, I don't do that at all. You know, I pay for things when I have the money. In that sense, uh, I've changed gears completely on that. So the bad was good. So there's a reason the expression "consider the consider the uses of adversity" has value. And all my, you know, Capricorn listeners. Uh, or a strong cap in the chart will attest to understanding that it does not make you stronger. Uh, just sort of makes you stronger in a way. So, you know, as I get older, I'm beginning to understand Capricorn more, even though I'm not a Capricorn. But, uh, you know, progressive astrology sag and its dance with uh, Capricorn next to it. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I became stronger from it. In fact, you know, uh, learning how to manage the finances and the credit cards and get around all of that and all the stuff that I did. I mean, I, you know, I can print up business cards and teach people how to handle uh, financial difficulty. I'm really good at it now from having walked through it myself and figuring out how to maneuver in that sense. And, you know, and now I'm, I'm doing very, very well. In fact, I just got contacted by, uh, you know, I'm talking about something that isn't a fact yet, but I just got contacted by uh, a producer from a, television show, I think it's called The List on ABC, and it's uh, syndicated, and then they want me to do the show, uh, talk about astrology and cartoon characters, so tentatively that is scheduled for la- later in November. Uh, you know, again, that fell on my lap. Um, I, uh, you know, I've done radio and TV before, uh, so I don't have any fear about that, but you know, I keep getting Yelp and other companies trying to get me to market with them, but I don't even need to. I'm successful. <laughs> I'm doing well. I get, you know, I get people market for me. I know how to do all this. And again, the difficulty I went through kind of made me better at this, strangely enough. So even though it was a tough, tough three years, and and you know what I'm telling a lot of my, you know, uh, from the brunt of my friends are far more liberal in in tone and perspective than necessarily conservative. But I have family members that are conservative, and I do have some friends. They're more on the peripheral, but that are very conservative and Republican in tone. And you know, what I what I what I tell uh, one I, when I talk to my more conservative friends, I'm not judgmental about their belief that Donald Trump is going to be a good president. Uh, uh, but but I, I doubt it. It's people are what they are uh, in that respect. Uh, but uh, I would never attack anyone for thinking that. You know what I mean? That's um. That's their process. It doesn't make them bad people that they believe that. That's ludicrous. And for my more liberal friends who struggle with this uh, presidency and what the world, quote-unquote, has become, I would say, again, there is purpose. There's a reason for this because, uh, you know, there's a springboard. You know, tons of uh, regular people are, are, are running for political office. Women are stepping up in droves, and, and there's going to be a lot of change that comes out of it in the long run. That's good. So, you know, I think Donald Trump is acting as a catalyst to awaken people uh, at one level or another. So, you know, there may be uh, some some things to consider the next year or two that are difficult. But, you know, kiss your kids and 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 play with your dog and and enjoy a good cup of coffee and 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 tell your mate you you love them and and. And enjoy going to the casino, and and enjoy taking a good nap. And remember, we're you know we're we're uh, we, we still live in a country that a lot of people would be lucky to have uh, some of the things we have access to. And like I had said in the piece, we'll get back around to this point. You know, um, when you 
you know, it, it's the it's the it's the old holiday cliche. If you're depressed and you're sad and you're alone, you know, volunteer your time at a at a food shelter for the holidays, or or uh, you know, do something in a way where you give back to people who are less fortunate, and and you will feel better uh, in that process. And and hey, man, you know, when I say this to everybody, listen, no matter what you're going through, there's always somebody less fortunate in that respect. This is the reality of life. You know, uh, it, it's a it's not a contest, but, you know, uh, we we all have our struggles, and sometimes we go through some really tough stuff, but um, when you take that other perspective and you are willing to make people laugh or say something complimentary or, and, you know, and, and move the energy in a different way, like my friends did in this piece and the story that I wrote, it, it was profound. You know, in both cases... You know, uh, with my friend who talked to the EMTs and the firefighters and the policemen and all that, you know, she just spur of the moment just thanked them for their service and how important they were. And 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 at least two or three of those five people she had said that with that were eating their ice cream, you know, they were um, emotionally upset by what she was doing and in a good way. They needed that. Um, and and yay. <laughs> you know, in that respect. Um, and, and my friend who we walked the neighborhood with who was in her crisis of faith, you know, she that was just what she did. She turned people on in that way. She turned the light switch on. She noticed things. She engaged. And, and like I wrote in the piece, I I felt sort of ashamed by it because uh, I knew in, my, in, my, in myself that I'd suck. I wasn't doing I was doing as much of that that I could do that because I'm Sagittarius also. So, listen, I have that skill. Uh, I can be, you know, nauseatingly adorable <laughs> in that respect when I want to be. My my moon is Libra, you know, on top of it. So, you know, if anyone knows anything about astrology, that's quite the combo for being affable, you know, in a way. And uh, I'm good at it. I make people laugh and I inspire people and, you know, I've had... Uh, a lot of crushes. Uh, I may have gone through unrequited love when I was younger myself, but I've also had a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, clients and friends of people and that I meet that have little crushes on me. It's just adorable, you know. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not a bad-looking guy. I, you know, I'm very, you know, I, I know what I can do, and I just a lot of times I don't want to, because that's the big issue. Is like when I go to the gym, if I if I'm too chatty and I talk with everyone, then people really like me and they want to talk with me all the time, and then my my gym time, which is normally like 45 minutes to an hour, and I get out of there, you know, other things to do, ends up going to an hour and a half because I'm having too many conversations with people, and I love them, those conversations. But another level is just the practicality. So I always got to watch that line in that respect as well. And uh, so, uh, but, yeah, I, you know, I was woken up to that. I could do better. Uh, in fact, that was one of the, <laughs> one of the if you read my column, I always there's always notes that follow my column. Um, if you get my monthly newsletter and, and in the column, my notes that followed, I wrote I made it there's a quote from a comedian that has a his own show on Comedy Central now named Jim Jeffries, who's a a forty year old Australian man and I've always thought his humor was hysterical anyway, but now he's got his own show on Tuesday nights at Comedy Central. Highly recommend it. Unless you're really, really conservative and then you'll hate him. Uh, but um, if you're uh, liberal or, or in the middle, you'll love him. And, uh, but he always ends his show by saying, we can all do better. And um, that's what my friends reminded me of. We, we can all do better. And, uh, you know, 
when I was going through my tough stuff and my tough times, and you know, and I had a couple of times in my life where I went through real uh, existential crisis. Um, in the last being, you know, eight years ago, during uh, the economic stuff. I mean, really, from late 2008 to 2000, early 2011, I was struggling. But I remember uh, the latter part of 2011, early 2012, was like I just woke up and I forgave myself for having gotten in debt and gone through this, and 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 I just forgave myself. I, I not only just forgave myself for my quote unquote mistakes, but the other thing I did is I decided to become successful and comfortably financially again, period. That's what I was going to do. I wasn't trying anymore. This is what I'm doing at one level or another. And, and I made that decision as clear as could be after I forgave myself. And uh, things began to happen quickly uh, that I've talked about and written about before, so I won't get into that now. But, um, you know, in, in latter part of 2012, um, uh, and 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, I've been good. Um, I'm, I'm good. I'm, you know, and this year has been really good. Uh, so, you know, as difficult as the world is around me, I'm not having a crisis of faith in that sense, but other people around me do. And as a soothsayer and someone helps people, I, I like to give them insight and, and, and prop people up and remind them of what to focus on. And, and as I you know, say this to all of my listeners, if you're dealing with any type of, of depression or sadness, one, own it. Um, two, forgive yourself that you're feeling this uh, at one level or another. You're a human being, and we are tainted by the things that happen around us in the world and, and our own sense of what we ideally want for ourselves. And So forgive yourself and then make a decision to heal. That's what you're doing. You're going to be happy. You're going to, you know, you're, this is what I'm doing. And, and prop it in the now. I now forgive myself. I now allow myself to be prosperous and happy again. And, and as corny as that sounds, and it isn't corny anyway, it tells you to begin to uh, make different choices and move in a different direction, connect with different people, allow opportunities to come. And then when that begins to happen, you'll often see that before this, you, there were opportunities and you rejected them because you didn't feel worthy of them or you didn't see them or, you know, or, or you were caught up in, in that shroud that the depression tends to do. But and the good news is this, guys, you, whether you believe in a traditional God or a spirit or whatever your perceptions of what God are, if you doubt, you go through a crisis of faith, um, he, she, all that is, um, isn't going to be like, oh, now, oh, now Janet, after, you know, not believing me for a year or two, now she suddenly does because she wants something. Well, screw her. She's got nothing. You know, uh, thank you know the, the higher the, the higher self, the God force is not spiteful uh, in that way like human beings could sometimes be. You know, You're, no problem. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back, out of reference. Uh, so uh, yeah, don't worry about that. Change gears. Okay. Anyway, so let's say yeah, we're out of time here. Forty-five minutes goes fast. Uh, that's a joke I said to someone recently when I was out and about in the world about you know the next time I. I'm willing to mate again. I don't think I could possibly be with another Sagittarius. We both talk too much. I need somebody that was more stoical. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right, thanks for joining me today. Joe's Jim Ventura. If you're interested in any of the services, books, uh, column stuff uh, that I offer, please go to my website at jimventura.com. If you're not already getting my monthly email newsletter, snake oil, uh, just email me at venturasag at yahoo.com. All that information is on my website, and even through Blog Talk Radio, you should be able to find it, as well as you can listen to past shows 
and uh, read past columns and, and all those things. So, uh, yeah, all that info is free, guys. You don't have to pay for that. Personal sessions you got to pay for. Books you got to pay for. And those are pretty cheap, too, the books. The personal sessions aren't that cheap. But they're not that expensive either. Uh, I do have a new client promotional special for the rest of this month. And I will be doing a gift certificate promotion in December as well. So you'll get all that info if you follow me. Uh, through my uh, monthly mail. Anyway, thanks for joining me today. Happy November to everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll be back here again in December for my Christmas show, and I do promise I am going to get an astrological update show in in the next couple of months. I keep promising that, and I'm eventually going to deliver that, but uh, I just sort of am busy, so uh, it's hard to get radio shows on. Um, anyway, have a great day, everyone. Thanks for joining me. Cheers. <laughs>